Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi. Hi, everyone. How are you? Before we get started, it's the beginning of the month, which is the best time to sign up for Patreon because you get your full $5 worth for the month. And I highly suggest signing up for my Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash LizExplains. You can get access to a shit ton of episodes that I've recorded. I realized the other day that I recently hit my two-year anniversary on Patreon, which also means that it's been two years of this pandemic, which is tough. It's tough to think about, but, you know, it's our reality. But because I did, like, five episodes a week for, like, three or four months, there's a lot of episodes on there. So join me, won't you? I'm, like, Karina Longworth now. But last week, I did an episode with Troy on Kathy Griffin, and we just, like, talked all about the way that Kathy Kathy Griffin influenced us and influenced comedy. And this week, I'm not totally sure what I'm doing, but I have some fun stuff upcoming. A Mommy, Dead, and Dearest episode. I will be doing an episode on, like, Kat Marnell and Emily Marnell. If you don't know what's going on with Emily Marnell... (sighs) (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, It's going to be a lot to talk about. I might do a YouTube update soon. I'm going to do Adopting Adults. I just have to watch it, which is really, it's unavailable. Adults Adopting Adults. Uh, The person who sponsored my episode had to like send me a link for her download of it. So yeah, I'm very excited. So patreon.com slash Liz Explains. Come join me. Okay. What's up? This week's episode of Team Mom 2 is a lot better than last week. I was a little worried. I was like, ooh, oh, the show, you know, just, it's not that great. But I was able to take a full four page, actually, I think like four and a half pages of notes. So that means we have things to talk about. And there's some news this week. We have some lawsuit updates. We have some Leah news. So let's get into like the news of the week and then we'll recap the show. Do you like that I'm explaining the format of the show? Like I haven't been doing this every week for the last four plus years. (laughs) Like, hey guys, new format. (laughs) Oh goodness. Okay, let's start with Leah and Jalen. Okay, I... (laughs) I'm not totally sure. Jalen posted yesterday that he bought a house. I'm going to read the caption and I'll tell you what I think, but I, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure that I'm right, but I'll tell you what I think about what he is saying here. Okay. So proud to be a first time homeowner. I'm so thankful and blessed and still speechless to own this home. Surprise at Leah Messer, heart emoji. I'm proud of you for selling your first home. And so I wanted to surprise you with a new home our home. We deserve this. You deserve this. I can't wait to build, grow, and create generational wealth, legacy, and opportunities for us and our families. This is to our next chapter and really leveling up. For most people, these are special moments you remember the most. And as a black young man from Charlotte, this is a dream come true. Also, West Virginia has been a second home that's been good to me since 2018. Degrees, friendships, opportunities, and now a family. Stay tuned for the girls' reaction. For the family, for the legacy, for the health, for the wealth, for the happiness, for the love, for it all. Cheers. Okay. So. (laughs) Look. 
If the worst thing about Jalen is his cringy fucking Instagram and the fact that he wants to be famous, if that's the worst thing about him, then, like, that's okay, right? Like, in reality, most of the cast of Teen Mom is probably not going to meet, like, a totally normal person. Like, you have to be a little messed up in the head to, like, want to be with a cast member of the show Teen Mom and, like, be willing to feature, be featured on the show, especially the older they get, right? Like, I mean, it's kind of one thing with Cole and Chelsea. They met when they were still, how old were they when they met? Like, 23 or 24? I think they've said that Cole never had a girlfriend before. So, it just, you're still young and dumb enough to, like, agree to go on this show. By the way, they started filming their HGTV show. But they're, he's still young enough to, like, agree to go on the show. But, like, the older they get, I think the harder it's going to be to find, like, normal people willing to date them and film with them. So I think for Leah to find anybody, it would have to be a guy that's, and not just Leah, like, a lot of them, to find anybody, it'd have to be a guy that's, like, already a little screw loose, wants to be famous, <laughs> When I read this, so at first I thought when he says, um, I'm proud of you for selling your first home, I remember that Leah was talking about getting her real estate license. So I assume that he meant that she sold a home as a realtor. But people in my comments were like, no, she's not listed like as having her real estate license on like the database or whatever. I don't know if it's a public database or somebody who is a realtor in West Virginia was able to look it up in the MLS. I'm not like totally sure what the deal is there, but they said that she's not a realtor. So I said, okay. A lot of people said that they thought it meant that she sold her house, which could be true. I don't know because it doesn't sound like they own this home together. In my personal opinion, it doesn't sound like they own this home together. To me, it sounds like he bought a home And why do I think that? Because he wrote, surprise, I'm buying you a home. (laughs) Now, if they were buying a home together, there would be no surprise. Both of your names have to be on the paperwork. I kind of am guessing that this is his house, that his name is on the deed. I'm kind of assuming the way he's talking sounds like they're planning on getting married, right? Like, they've been together for like eight or nine months now. They've been talking for a year, supposedly. (laughs) You guys know I don't believe that, but whatever. Let's pretend that they've been talking for a year. I think that they're probably on the way to a proposal within the next six months would be my guess. I wouldn't be surprised if this summer they're getting proposed. So maybe to him, it's like, yeah, this is our home. Like, it doesn't really matter if it's just in my name. Like, we're getting married. I think that's probably what's going on. I would be really surprised if both their names are on the deed. That said, this is a... I didn't realize they had McMansions like this in West Virginia. (laughs) But it's like very much a standard late 90s McMansion. Somebody sent me the Zillow link. It was $499,000 for 6,000 square feet, which is just like... For five hundred thousand dollars, and I don't live in like the highest cost of living area, but for four hundred or for five hundred thousand dollars, I can barely get into a townhouse where I live. Like, so six thousand square feet for five hundred thousand dollars, like just weeping and high cost of living, just just weeping terribly. <laughs> but with all that said, you know, like truly good for him. Every here's the thing, like Jalen, I'm. I'm just 
not totally sure on like what to make of him because like career wise and on paper wise like he is very impressive from what I know he I was like googling him a little bit yesterday just like trying to figure out beyond what I know and the sun or one of those sites did like this whole post about like his sad childhood include his mom's like long arrest record she has substance abuse issues uh he says he's grown up, like, in a pretty rough area. And so, like, the fact that he went to West Point, got a master's degree, works in the National Guard, I believe he's, like, in cybersecurity in the National Guard, and will be getting a PhD at Georgia Tech. Like, all of that is incredibly impressive and I think can't be discounted. And I think that you can be, like, mostly good but still be like a little fucking weird and you want to be famous and if he's gonna use Leah to get famous like if he treats her well I think that's okay it's I don't know it's really hard for me to say I don't like when people are like well what does he see in her he's so successful like what could he see in her like I don't know maybe he just sees somebody he loves and a wife like maybe that's Maybe Leah is really his type for whatever reason. Maybe he's somebody that's a little codependent and wants to save somebody and likes the idea of coming in and saving her and her kids. Could definitely see that. Um, I, I just, <laughs> I don't know. I He kind of gives me like the impression that he's somebody that is like genuinely very successful, but he really wants to be an entrepreneur. So even though he works like these traditional jobs that he does well in, like on the side, he's always like trying to start a business, do crypto, right? Like I know a bunch of these guys. You guys know these guys where it's like they are relatively successful. They're not like multimillionaires, but they do well for themselves. They have education, they have careers. Then they like get obsessed with the stock market and crypto and like trying to like find the next big thing. He kind of gives me those vibes. I'm a little worried that he may have had Leah invest in some of his businesses. <laughs> I'm a little worried about that. I am. Because Leah's dumb. That's the thing. Like, that's also another thing that I I worry about when it comes specifically to these two, is that Jalen, ke- Jalen seems quite smart, right? Like, at least academically, he is book smart. And Leah's a fucking idiot. So it worries me that he could be in some ways taking advantage of her money and her being an idiot. Like he posted these texts between them where it was like talking about their billion dollar ideas and how they're growing their business. And he seems very, very um, like interested in being like wealthy, not just like doing well, which, you know, is a whole thing. Um, it like, it's a little cringy to me the way he talks about it, but I, like, whatever. He he didn't come from anything. He came from a really hard background from what it seems. And I don't blame somebody that grows up poor for being really focused on building wealth for himself and his children. If he had a mother that was constantly getting arrested and he had a pretty hard life, like that, I don't, I don't blame somebody for that. Do I think it's like a little cringy to talk about it like that on Instagram? Like, yeah, of course I do. But I don't think it's the worst thing in the world, right? But I am worried that not that he's a con man. He doesn't give me those vibes at all. No, I don't get con man vibes from him at all. But I do worry that he has found a partner that's willing to go along with his ideas um, and fund his ideas. And she doesn't have the critical thinking to like really 
know what she's doing and that she could get like that. I I guess what I'm worried about is I don't think he's like would be intentionally taking Leah for a ride. I think it'd be more that like he's has bad business plans and but he seems smart and he is smart. So he's able to like convince Leah that these are a really good idea that she should invest her money in him. I think that's really common, right? Like it's not that somebody is a scammer or like they're not taking advantage of somebody but the reality is is that like they're just not that good at business and they found somebody stupid enough to go along with them and believe that they're very good at business so I worry it could be something like that but I'm guessing that he bought this house himself as I said it's five hundred thousand dollars it's not hard for me to believe that he saved enough for a down payment on his own um from what we can tell he has a pretty good career um they're obviously going to live together but as I've talked about on this podcast they're already living together (laughs) like they've been living together for months and months he may have had his own apartment but they've been living together leah and him have both openly said that he spends every single night at her place so they've been living together now is leah moving too fast of course leah's moving too fast of course leah's moving too fast will this blow up in leah's face maybe (laughs) maybe it will I hope it doesn't. I really do hope that this guy is, like, what she wants and is, like, a steady life partner for her. I just worry that she rushes into things so quickly. But I hope, kind of like in a Cole and Chelsea way, that, yes, she's rushing, but I kind of hope that she's, like, lucked in (laughs) to somebody that's really great. I talked about this, remember, when I was doing, like, the throwback episodes and I was talking about how fast Cole and Chelsea seem to move. But it like in the end, it's okay, right? Because they've been together now for almost 10 years and they have a family and they're married and they love each other and they're happy. So like if that's what happens with Leah and Jalen, then like good. He is young. I think he's only 25, she said. Leah's 30 this year, I believe, if not already 30. That's like at least stage in life wise, like kind of a big difference. I don't know if he is like really fully ready to be parenting or step parenting teenagers, but we'll see. The the house is the other thing a lot of people commented on is this house is not wheelchair wheelchair accessible, which it's not. Like full stop, it's not. Um it's huge, first of all. It seems like all the bedrooms are on the second floor. Uh the back or the backyard doesn't seem that accommodating and easy to maneuver around. I remember Leah has made big deals in the past about needing a wheelchair accessible home for Allie, but she doesn't make Allie use the wheelchair at home. So I'm not sure like how much that really plays into Leah, what Leah wants in a home. We know that, remember like last year she was like, I'm running a townhouse closer to home. I think they've been living in that townhouse the whole time and that wasn't wheelchair accessible either. So I don't know. I, like, I'm sure that they can put a ramp on the front and that they can put a wheelchair lift on the the stairs. I remember growing up, I had these friends at the shore that their grandma had lived in the house, but I think was already dead by the time, I like, I have memories. But they had, like, a wheelchair lift. Not a wheelchair lift, but, like, a seat lift in their house and we would just, like, ride up and down on it. She must have been dead if we were allowed to, like, do this because we fucked around on it. And I feel like we would not have been allowed to do that if she had been alive and using it. But, like, so maybe, and it moved pretty quick, and this was, like, the 90s. So I'm sure they have advanced technology in that now. I don't know. I just hope that Jalen is the real deal. I really do. I'm not sure that Leah could, like, deal with 
another relationship blowing up. I'm not sure if she has it in her personally. Um, I mean, I guess she did okay when Jason and her blew up, but I think she's like really like Jalen and I are all in. I'm assuming they're going to be pregnant and married by this time next year is my guess. Pregnant and married by this time next year. (laughs) Which like, okay, I'm kind of shocked that Leah would want to do the baby thing over again. But at the same time, I don't think Leah has like a bunch of strong opinions of her own. And I know that's mean to say, but it's just my truth. Okay? It's just my truth. I just don't think that Leah, like, I think that Leah's, if it's just Leah, she's like, yeah, I don't want to have any more babies. But if Leah has a partner that she loves and he wants to have many more, he wants to have more babies, she's like, yeah, I want to have more babies. I think that's the reality for little Leah. So, you know, mazel tov to them on their home. Oh, the other, some other questions I saw. He is starting a PhD program at Georgia Tech, or at least announced that he got in and was going. So I don't know if that's totally online. Maybe it's totally online. Maybe he is going to get an apartment there and go back and forth like a couple weekends a month while Leah and the girls live in the house. I don't know. I have questions. I have some questions. I hope that he's still going to get the PhD if that's what he wants to do. But also, I don't know, maybe he's going to decide that he, maybe he applied for that PhD before things got really serious with Leah and now he's going to decide he doesn't want to do it because he wants to live in West Virginia with Leah and get married and start a family. And I don't think that'd be the worst thing in the world, right? Like, he already has a master's degree, I believe. So I don't, And if he has a career and he doesn't necessarily need the PhD, I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world if plans have changed. Like, this happens all the time, right? Where people make career changes based on their personal life. So, I don't know. I'm trying to be not so hard on him because he... I don't love, like, just not trusting anybody who ever comes on this show. Especially when they have, like, all of the attributes that he has on paper. But... His Instagram is so fucking cringy. But here's the thing. Leah's Instagram is so cringy too. Like, Leah is into this. She likes to do these photo shoots. Like, she likes all of this shit. So maybe she's just found her cringy partner in crime. You know? Like, she's found her equal and cringy. Like, I wouldn't want to date somebody that has an Instagram presence like Jalen because that's just not my life. I can't imagine doing photo shoots all of the time. I can't imagine, like, buying my first house and posting some a caption that looks like that. Like, that's not my speed. So I wouldn't date somebody who has an Instagram like that. But for Leah, who we know for the last two years is trying to become, like, this big influencer, and it's, I don't know, not going that well, in my opinion, I, I think he fits right into that. <sighs> Gosh. I saw some questions if the girls will have to change schools. Allie and Grace definitely go to school in Corey's district, and they have. And I think Corey's lived in the same house for many years. Addie, I don't know. I don't know if Addie will have to change schools. I'm not so sure Leah cares about that that much. Leah, according to her book, went to a new school like every six months. So I think that she doesn't care. Like, I think she wants more stability for her girls. But at the same time, I don't think like where she lives versus the school district matters that much to her. Or maybe Addie goes to school in Jeremy's mom's district. Like, I don't fucking know. I really don't know. But congrats to them. They can be a cringy Instagram couple together. <laughs> they can live out their cringy influencer dreams. Oh, the other thing is, like, if Leah is becoming a real estate agent, 
which could be a good idea because half of being a real estate agent is like networking yourself and marketing yourself to get clients. And Leah is famous and like she's a big fish in a small pond, right? Like everybody already knows who Leah is in her area. So I think that Leah like has an advantage and that she's well known and she could probably get clients that want to work with Leah from Teen Mom. But on the other hand, Leah is not a saleswoman and I don't understand why she keeps trying to be a saleswoman. (laughs) Right? Like the MLMs. Like I I just, I don't really get it. I don't, that doesn't feel like her strong suit to me. All right, let's take a quick break and then we'll get into the lawsuit news. Okay, so this week the deposition of Brie was published or made public. Basically everything in Florida courts is public, but I think some of it was kept back because that's what Brie's attorney wanted. And thank you so much to Reddit user Lizard Justice for taking the time to go through the very long deposition and pull out the highlights. Um, So, yeah, let's read them. She has a little, she has a background. I'm just going to read a lot of her post. I did give her a Reddit gold (laughs) because I knew I'd be stealing her post. And I very much appreciate it. But her background, just a reminder, is that Kale ensued Brie for statements Brie made on Instagram. Uh, Brie filed for a summary judgment uh, an anti-slap motion asking the court to dismiss the charges. Brie also, the case proceeded to discovery because they haven't, the judge hasn't ruled on the summary judgment yet. Um, Brie's attorney asked for the protective order for certain parts of the deposition. Kale's attorney filed a response that was the wrong pleading and doesn't look that great. Here are the parts that she pulled from the deposition that were very interesting. So the attorney, Kale's attorney asks, other than Mr. Lopez, the father of Kale's children, do you have any understanding of their relationship? Bree says, I know they were dating. I know they were sleeping together. I also believe that Kale was cheating on Javi, her husband, with Chris. The attorney says, what makes you think that? And Bree says, makes me believe what? And he says that Kale was cheating on her husband, Javi, with Chris. Bree says, because that's what Javi told me, because I used to date Javi. Next question. When did you f- first meet Mr. Lopez? I met Mr. Lopez, I want to say April. I don't remember the year, but I went to, well, he came back, he came down to Miami and I'm in Florida. So do you know why Mr. Lopez came to Florida? He came down to celebrate a cousin's birthday. Why did you meet up with Mr. Lopez at the time? He asked if we could hang out. And you said, yes. Yeah. What did you guys do? We got dinner, we went to the beach, we went to Starbucks, we walked around Miami, that's about it. Approximately, how many times did you guys hang out while you're in Miami? And then, a side note, at this point, Bree's attorney shuts down this line of questioning. This is when he asks if the stipulation for the protective order. Uh, Kale's attorney says no, they move on to a different type of questioning because Ms. Half isn't given the time to think. I believe Ms. Half is Kale's attorney. Um, something to know, just in case you don't know this, a deposition is done in discovery, and it's not done in front of a judge. It's just the person that's being deposed and the attorney sitting in a room and like a court stenographer, court reporter, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Um, I'm sure you've seen, if you watch any documentaries, you have seen depositions. They're usually done in a conference room and basically like it's kind of almost everything is on the table and your attorney's allowed to object. 
um, and then the judge rules later, like, what's allowed to be admitted and what's not allowed to be admitted. So wild questions that would never be allowed to be asked in court are allowed to be asked in deposition. Okay, so back to the questioning. Other than meeting Mr. Lopez in April 2021, have you met him again? Yes. When? I don't remember the date, but it was, I don't know, I can look. I don't remember the date, but it was pretty recent. Pretty recent to now or like shortly after April 2021? It was in 2021, maybe towards the end of end of 2021, October maybe. Do you know where you went? Went to Philly. We went to Philly. You went to Philly? Yes. Okay. I wonder if Bree's getting the date totally wrong because then they're filming shit like way out of order. <laughs> they're filming shit way out of order because this week we saw the girls go to have their first day of school, which is definitely like mid-August in Florida. So if they, if she wasn't in Philly until October and she had already broken up with Javi in August, you know, something's not right with Bree's timeline this year. And I've been saying it, right? I was saying it last week. Like, I think Bree and Javi may have broken up before the filming and I kind of think they broke up before she went to Philly. Okay, so side note, skipping ahead some. Why did you meet Mr. Lopez in Philadelphia? He invited me to be on his podcast. What's his podcast about? It's called PTSD. It is, the actual name is Pressure Talk with Single Dads. And his podcast is about his story, his struggles being a single dad, and he does it with his cousin. Uh, side note, skipping ahead some more. And what did he invite you on to talk about? We spoke about a single mom's perspective and my struggles compared and contrast a single dad and a single mom and what we go through as young parents. And how many days did you stay in Philly? Two, three, three, three. And did you stay in Philadelphia? Yes. Did Mr. Lopez stay in Philadelphia? Yes. And where does Mr. Lopez live? In Delaware. And how many days did it take you to file the podcast? To f- and I guess that's supposed to say to film the podcast. One day. Did it take a few hours? The whole day. Did you and Mr. Lopez hang out after a podcast? Yes. For a few days? Yes. We are also filming for Team on 2. Okay. Also filming for Team on 2. Yeah. He was as well? Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, we know. We saw it on TV. Other than meeting Mr. Lopez in Miami and Philadelphia, Philadelphia, have you ever met him in person? Yes. When was that? He came to Florida after Philly. So recently, yes. Do you know when? I think it was before Thanksgiving. And when you say Florida, did you meet? Did he meet you in Kissimmee? That's where Brie lives. Yes. And did he stay with you? No. And did you stay with him? No. So we didn't know about this, I don't think. But Chris went to Orlando uh, before Thanksgiving, which is interesting. Uh, Brie says, this is a little later. She says, I just think she doesn't like me much as a person because I slept with her ex-husband. And she believes you slept with Mr. Lopez currently. Is this correct? She said that on the internet. Yes, she told everybody. She posted it on her story saying, I allegedly slept with Chris. And that was after the press got a hold of Mr. Lopez's affidavit that he submitted in this case, right? Yeah. And that affidavit said that he spent three days with you in April in Miami, right? Kalen talks about Mr. Uh, this is when Bree says, Kalen talks about Mr. Lopez. You may not see his appearance on the show, but he is a part of her storyline because she talks about it a lot. She talks, she talks about the PFA. She talks about her PFA all the time, actually, because she takes out PFAs on all three of her baby daddies. So this is something she shared with the world, and I'm just here to comment on it. So that was like an aside. Sorry, I should have been clear. Like that was skipping ahead. That was an answer that Bree had. So then skipping ahead again. Talking about an interview Brie did with Celeb, the question, quoting the article. Chris and I are not an item and will never be. I want no part of anything's Kale- <laughs> anything Kale's WAP has touched for real. 
What does WAP refer to here? Wait, what? WAP. I want no part in anything Kale's WAP has touched for real. I'm sorry, that's a little comical, but what? WAP, I'm sorry, it's not supposed to be funny. WAP is wet-ass pussy. I'm sorry, that's like a song from Cardi B. It's a trend. It's a thing. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so another thing. I guess the attorney pulls out a screenshot of Instagram caption. Asks, do you recognize this? What is this? Bree says, it's a picture on Chris's Instagram, and it's me liking the picture and commenting on the picture. And what did you say in the comments? When are we going to work out together? This is a video of him, I'm assuming, working out. Why did you send that comment to Mr. Lopez? What do you mean, why did I send it? I'm allowed to send people's comments. I'm not, I'm asking, why not? Brie answers, I don't. I don't have any reason for why. I don't think I need a reason for why. So you just, at this point, you're speaking to Mr. Lopez? I believe so, yes. Skipping ahead. Now, Mr. Lopez lives in Delaware, right? Yes. Okay, and you live in Florida? Yes. Is there nobody else to work out with in Florida? Of course there is. Well, why do you want to work out with Mr. Lopez? (laughs) At this point, uh, Bree's attorney shuts down Kalen's attorney. Ms. Have says she's never done a depo that's been threatened to be shut down so many times. Mr. Radiza replies, it's obvious that you've been paid to harass her about her personal life. I've not been paid to harass anybody. I call BS on that. On the record, you've asked like maybe three questions that have anything to do with the case all day. So if this is about, you know, the personal issues between the two parties, you know, can't they hash it out over drinks instead of paying us to do it? Mark, listen. No, you listen. This is abusive. It's beyond. Ah, uh, what we've been saying the whole time, right? Kale wanted it on record if Brie fucked Chris. She is spending tens of thousands of dollars to find out if Brie fucked Chris. Oh, my God. I'm glad that our attorney said it. Okay, so questioning begins again. Uh, Lizard Justice notes, at some point, questions regarding Chris changing his story come up. Bree pointedly tells Miss Half that he changed his story after he spoke to Kalen's lawyers, and she believes that Miss Half or their office told him to change his story. So in April 2021, when you met up with Mr. Lopez in Miami, was the relationship purely platonic? Bree says, just friends. So then Bree's attorney asks, Bree's attorney is now questioning her, and he says, as to whether your visit with Chris was just platonic, is there any more that you'd like to add to that answer? Bree says, yes, I would love to, as long as it is in confidence so that nobody can, nobody can know. Well, (laughs) look, do I think that means that Bree fucked Chris? Probably, right? Like, that's probably what that means. But it could also mean, like, I don't know, we kissed one time, or he was trying to fuck me, and I said no, or I was trying to fuck him, and he said no. I, like, I don't think it 100% means that they hooked up. She says a few times that she didn't say with him, that it was platonic, so I don't really know. I would assume that the lawyer came back to that question because he knows that it's not platonic, and he doesn't want her lying on the record, but I'm not sure. And also, it's like, look, is it fucked up if Brie fuck, fucked Chris? Yeah, it's fucking lame. Brie, get a life. Get a life. But, like, she's allowed to do that. You're not allowed to, well, I mean, you're allowed to sue someone for any, anything. But you don't sue somebody because, <laughs> you don't sue somebody because they fucked your ex. Like, that's just not, it's such a waste of time and money. So she also included some things that, Kale included in her uh, transcript. She says there is less fighting. 
Bree's attorney asks if she has feuds with any of the other Teen Mom stars. She says she has with Janelle. What other issues have you had with Janelle? I can't think of any. Her husband has body shamed me. That's really all I can think of right now. How did he do that? He told me to lay off the Cheetos. <laughs> I Like, it's fucked up, but... I mean, it's funny that that's included on a deposition. Um, I know that Ashley also posted a roundup, so I'm going to review that real quick to see if there's anything I want to pull. Okay, this is a funny bit, which, of course, Ashley would include. She says, throughout the deposition, Brianna discussed several websites and T Instagram pages that cover Teen Mom, including Ashley. The Ashley was particularly tickled by what Brianna said about the roundup. The Ashley vs. Reality Roundup which is credible as hell. I feel like the Ashley's a spy for Teen Mom. They know everything. They never lie. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> okay, here's the bit on Brie saying that Chris has changed his story. So it says, Brie claims that Chris changed his story about breaking and entering after the lawsuit was filed. However, she insists that while they were hanging on Miami in April 2021, Chris told her that Kale barged her way in his mom's house. It's noted that this conversation took place in a hotel room. They get to a text that Chris sent Brie after the lawsuit was filed. The text said, but why do y'all keep saying she forced her way in? My mom let her in, let her in the crib. Brie says, I didn't know. I know that he did change his story, and I think that he did it because he's scared of Kale. I mean, like I've always said, the fact that Brie is, or Kale is suing based on this one tiny little detail that Brie broke in the home versus Brie was let in the home to attack Chris is just so silly. I don't see how you could ever win a defamation suit as a public figure, as a public figure on that. It would be so hard to prove that Brie was not only lying, but like lying with malicious and like knowingly lying with malicious intent and not just being like, well, I mean, Chris told me that. And that's like what I said. I didn't mean that she was like arrested for breaking and entering. Oh, it's just so stupid. This is such a waste of money. So her thoughts on if she believes that Chris was attacked by Kale, Brie says it matches her character. All the things she's done in the past against her baby daddies. Brie said of Kale, she stole from Javi. She stole stuff from Javi's house. She hit Joe. She hit Javi more than once. Bree said that she's 100% certain that Kale hit Chris. I have no doubt. Well, (laughs) you know. Um, They talk about, like, when Isaac was supposed... Remember when Isaac was supposed to go to Disney World with Javi, and then Kale found out that Bree would be there? We saw that all go on on the show. They talk about that a little bit. So this this also got a lot of press. So... Brie talks about the Team Mom executive producer, Larry, and a producer named Sandra flying down to Florida to talk to her about her and Kale's issues. Kale's arrest and all the things Kale's refused to film about. Brie stated that she overheard a conversation among their show's crew in which they have stated that they don't enjoy filming with Kale. Most of the crew hates working with Kale, she said, and she's not so nice, and yeah, they pretty much say things. She made it clear that she was not eavesdropping since the conversation happened at her home. It's being said in my house, so I'm listening. It's on my property. I'm there. I can hear it all. (laughs) Um, Toward the end of the deposition, Brie was given a chance to discuss any topics that were not already brought up. I feel like I have a lot to say. I'm upset that this event has to be a thing. I don't understand how someone can try to sue me for defamation of character when she already makes herself look bad. She has a record of doing a lot of things I don't appreciate, and I just think this whole situation is frivolous. And I'm upset. I'm upset about it. And I guess that Ashley will later be posting a roundup of Kale's deposition. But like I said, I don't think there was anything super juicy in it because Lizard Justice didn't pulled out anything that was super juicy. But 
it's just so stupid. And there was also video the other day of Brie, like, in the courtroom and leaving the court with her lawyers and, like, laughing, like, really laughing. So I, I think her lawyers feel confident. So hopefully the next thing we hear is that the case was dismissed and Kiel has to pay law fees. <laughs> just waiting for that. All right, let's talk about this week's episode. Let's start with Bree, since we're already here. Bree lets us know that she hasn't talked to Javi, too. Like I said, I have questions about this timeline. I have serious questions about this timeline. It's the girl's first day of school, which would have happened in mid-August. When did she go to Philly? That's the question of the hour. But Stella is starting the pre-K? I don't, I don't know what that is. Is it like an... A year before pre-K? Do you do pre-K for two years? I don't know anything about... <laughs> I don't know anything about toddler school like that. But she looks very, very cute in her little school uniform. Nova's starting fourth grade, so it's the night before. And Brie texts the dads to let them know that tomorrow's the first day and asks them to be there. Lewis is like, well, can I come after? And she's like, no. <laughs> so Roxanne text Lewis and is like, get here at 6.30. Bree's like, why are you texting Lewis? She's like, because I want to. Like, because I know what I'm doing. Don't question me. Imagine getting texts from Roxanne. They also showed Roxanne's text, like, in, on the screen is what I'm trying to say, which I feel like is not an editing choice we usually see on Teen Mom. I can't remember another time that they showed it like that. Isn't it interesting that it's like 2022, texting has been our main form of communication for almost 15 years at this point, and like, they're still trying to figure out how to like, portray it in movies. It's hard. It just doesn't, it, it just, it's rare that I feel like they really get it right when it comes to like the way that they edit in texts in TV shows and movies. But she lets Devon, Devoin know and apparently they're all gonna come i was like yeah fucking right is lewis showing up and guess what lewis's ass was there at 6 30 a.m he got there at 6 32 he was exactly on time i was extremely impressed he bought a little gift for stella stella was not having it poor little stella like had literally would not open her eyes Brie physically dressed her, brushed her teeth at her sitting at the table. She would not open her eyes. She was not interested in saying hi to daddy. Apparently, she saw Lewis about a month ago. I I don't know. How often is Stella seeing Lewis? They haven't really been talking about Lewis that much this season yet. So I was kind of surprised that Stella had seen him a month ago. I was surprised that he showed up for this. Imagine having so little shame so little shame that you are willing to be filmed for a TV show in which essentially the main storyline is that you are a fucking deadbeat who doesn't pay child support and goes months without seeing your daughter. It's so hard for me to wrap my head around. I mean, obviously, it's like impossible for me to wrap my head around the idea of having a child and not like not being there for them. Like that, that's hard enough for me. That's really impossible. But something about people's lack of shame when it comes to reality television, I just find so fascinating. I think because I am an inherently shameful person, which I think people maybe wouldn't know from this podcast because I talk so openly about my life on this podcast. But when I actually don't, 
I actually don't talk about like my current life at all. If you've, I don't know if you uh, all have ever noticed this. I'm sure keen listeners will notice. I very rarely talk about the things that are currently going on in my life. Almost never. Like you guys don't really know anything about like my current social life, etc. I just don't like to put that on the podcast. And I really only talk about like past things and things that I have like a lot of distance from and that I don't feel shame about anymore because I've like worked through them and changed. But like when I am doing something shameful in the moment, I'm like a very secretive person. I mean, I've talked about this before. I would truly be living with my boyfriend for like two years and nobody would even know we were together. Um, just with, I can't think of really anything I'm like currently doing, but I, it just, oh, I'll tell you something. I had to, I tweeted about this. Follow me on Twitter at Bentley List too. I had to, um, for my taxes, add up my expenses and my dad and my accountant, because my dad still handles all of my taxes, I send him all my documents, he takes them to the accountant, and then as of last year, I have to pay the accountant myself. It's like $200 or something. It's not crazy expensive. I don't, I have no idea how much they're supposed to cost, but my dad's been seeing the same accountant forever and ever. And so my dad takes him to the accountant and he went this morning and last year they were like, you need to spend more money because now over half my income comes from like 1099 stuff from this podcast. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? I make a decent amount more on this podcast than I do at my full-time job. Not this podcast, but Patreon. Very, very thankful for it, but it really shows how little um, I get paid in my job. But <laughs> I had to add up all of my monthly subscription services, like my TV subscriptions, and then also all the shit I buy on Amazon, like that I talk about on the podcast, which you guys know I'm bad with money, famously. And I like I have a lot of shame around money and like sharing with people the way that I'm spending money because I'm embarrassed by it. And it really wasn't like that much in the end. But like looking up the amount of services I'm paying for monthly, like the amount of $3.11 charges I gave to Amazon for TV to TV episodes and seasons. And when I really looked at it, I was like, actually, this would be less than a half a like less than like a half a year of traditional cable and internet like I mean Comcast is like $150 a month at this point so it's like not crazy but oh I felt a lot of shame sending that to my dad because my dad is extremely good with money my dad's a financial planner and is really good at budgeting and he's really cheap and doesn't spend a lot of money and he has money and so it just yeah. <laughs> I really hate having to like disclose financial stuff to him. And I could avoid that like by being a grown up and figuring out how to get an account myself. But that's another thing. Like, so I think I'm just a person that like in the moment, if I'm doing shameful things, I like just really don't want to talk about them or let anybody know about them. And so when I see someone like Lewis, like agree to be on this show, and I mean, I guess he gets paid per appearance, but like, I just don't know how anybody would be like, yeah, I'll go on TV. <laughs> I'll go on TV after you spend meh, five years just talking cash shit about what a loser I am. I just, <laughs> and that's why I'd never be on reality TV because like the shame that I would have myself over my behavior would be like probably worse than anything that anybody could actually say about me. Uh, you know, that just that self-hatred <laughs> that lives inside of us all. 
does it live inside of us all or just me? No, I think a lot of us feel that way. Anyway, Lewis shows up. He just comes. He gives her the gift. And then he leaves. And I was like, well, why didn't he, like, meet them at the school? <laughs> this is, I, I don't know. As somebody that didn't have parents that were, like, super into doing things for me as a child, it's hard for me to, like, wrap my head around this idea of, like, Lewis getting up and getting to their house at 6.30 to come for 10 minutes to say good luck on your first day of school. That's not something that would have been done in my home. Um, We just, like, for better or for worse, right? Like, things like that were just, like, not big deals in my home. And it just wasn't, like, expected that it would be a big deal. And I would think that, like, for the first day of school, the way that you would celebrate that is, like, dropping her off at school. But maybe he had work. I don't know. Does Lewis work? I guess I could see if he had to be at work at 7 and he like or 7.30 or something. He popped over and he just literally didn't have time. But they're waiting for Devoin and he texted Brie and said, can I take Nova? And I mean, this is on camera. I'd like this. It all it didn't seem coached at all, in my opinion. But Brie's like, your dad wants you to take you to school. Do you want to ride with him? And she's like, no, I want to go with you. And they were taking Stella and like it, it's 630 in the morning. She's not, she's just saying what she wants. And Brie was like, no, she asked to go with me. And once again, I'm like, well, why doesn't Devoin just meet them at the school and like give her a little hug and be like, good luck. Like he's already up clearly, like just roll out of bed and go to the school for 10 minutes. I, I'm confused as to what happened because after Brie says that he just never texts her back. And so he just doesn't show up. <laughs> he doesn't text Nova for the rest of the day. And this is, oh, also, like, the interesting thing is the night before, they were like, well, we invited Lewis, but he's not going to come. But it will be okay because Devoin will be here and Stella, like, loves Devoin. And he can be excited for Stella's first day, too. Because, you know, they've been talking a lot about how Devoin is, like, really active in Stella's life. I've always kind of questioned this narrative, but... Mike, I like my guess is that Devoin acts like a really nice uncle to Stella, which is a lovely thing, right? Like he doesn't have to do that at all. But they were like, oh, it's it's fine if Lewis doesn't come because Devoin will be here for her. And I'm like, okay, that's nice. Like, it's nice that that is an option for Stella. I'm glad that Stella feels included. Um, And so it's really weird that Devoin didn't come, but Lewis came. And Nova has no connection with Lewis. So that doesn't mean shit for her. So it's just, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. I, like, I don't understand Devoin a lot of the times. I think he's, like, one of those people that wants to do better in his life, but fucks up a lot still. I think he has a lot of maturity issues still, and I think that he is the type that if he doesn't get his way, he's, like, a fuck it person. Like, oh, you're not gonna let me do that? Then fuck it. Which is a really bad quality, in my opinion, um... I think it's definitely, like, a maturity thing that a lot of people grow out of. Unfortunately, not everyone does. But what I mean by that is, like, you want to be involved. And so you try and be involved and you're shut down in the particular way that you want to be involved. So instead of readjusting and figuring stuff out and changing your plans and, like, finding a different way to be involved, you just say, fuck it, I'm not participating at all. It's like taking your ball and going home type of thing. And I think Devoin does that and... It's not his best characteristic. So I'm just confused as to why he didn't show up at the school. 
Um, as somebody that like doesn't really care about first days that much, this in the grand scheme of things is not that big of a deal. But he said he was going to be there, so he should be there. Bree says that this is the first time in a long time that he has promised he would do something, but and didn't. So that's good, I guess. They're making progress. Um, Nova has her own phone that she seems to be on a lot, which I feel like is not appropriate. <laughs> How old are kids when they get phones? I don't know. My niece is in third grade. My oldest niece is in third grade, and I cannot imagine her having her act her own phone next year. I mean, she won't have her own phone next year. Like, that's a a full stop. She will not. But I can't imagine, like, a situation in which she did. And I know Nova has a little different because she goes to her dad's house and she needs to be able to, like, contact her mom. And it's nice that she can directly talk to her dad and they don't really have to go through Brie anymore because she's older. I would imagine also for, like, gymnastics stuff, it's probably good that she can reach her mom. But a phone just seems like a lot. She had her iPad before, and I think that's still a lot um, to have, like, an iPad that has internet access. Un- unmonitored internet access is kind of my guess. I'm curious, like, what Nova's doing on the apps, you know? I know, I remember Chelsea got that phone for Aubrey when she was, like, in sixth grade, and that, to me, seemed pretty reasonable, I mean, it's a different world. I know that. I When I hear people be like, my kids won't have a phone until they're 18, it's like, well, probably not. Like, we live in a different world. But Nova is very young. She's very introverted. And so the idea of her having, like, access to the internet and social media in which she can engage and connect with other people in a way that's, like, really great for introvert- introverted adults kind of scares me with introverted children. So, yeah, I I don't know. I don't really know what, like, the solution is for a kid and, like, what the appropriate age is for a kid in their phone. By the way, my oldest niece told her mom that one day she wanted to be on the phone while her mom was sleeping. (laughs) So she held the phone up to her mom's face to try and get it to face unlock, and it didn't work. (laughs) She told on herself, but I was like, that is insane. They're also, now that they can read and they're always like looking over my shoulder, I'm like, can you get the fuck away from me? Obviously, I don't say that. But it's like really jarring to suddenly like realize that a seven-year-old is behind you looking at every single thing you're doing on your phone. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Okay, so yeah, I don't know what's going on with Devoyne. Um, They're just impressed that Lewis came, which I am too. But you know, the bar's in hell. <laughs> The bar, is, the bar is truly in hell. Okay, let's talk about little old Jade. So Jade is, Jade's miserable. <laughs> Jade is a person that I am finding very frustrating to watch because she's somebody that I believe could do better, but she does not put in any effort to do better. She, every season that she's been on TV... We have heard her say the same thing. I need to take care of myself. I need to stop taking care of my parents. I need to stop taking care of Sean. I need to stop pouring myself into other people that aren't giving me anything in return, et cetera, et cetera. And all of those things are true. But Jade is somebody that I would have been friends with in like my early to mid 20s. And then I would have realized that like she was just doing the same shit over and over and over again and was making absolutely no effort whatsoever to change. And I would probably stop being as close friends with them because it's a 
frustrating thing to hear someone that like is just constantly allowing her life to be miserable and then being upset about it and then like making these big grand gestures like I'm not going to do this anymore and then she does it again and it's just like (sighs) she makes life so much harder for herself so much harder for herself I thought she wasn't going to be letting her parents move in and the episode's episode starts with her being like my parents are living here I let them stay for a little bit but the thing is is all they do is sleep all day which has always been their complaint right like that they sleep all day and they don't help with Chloe so she had to take Chloe anyway and it's just like yeah girl I could have I could have told you this was gonna happen this is what happens every single time why did you think it wasn't gonna happen you actually said that this would be happening so she basically is at work and is like, I can't do this anymore and sends her mom a text that's like, you need to get out of my house today. And that's almost where I feel bad for Christy because like Jade lets her do stuff knowing how Christy is. And then when Christy is the way that she always is, Jade flips out on her and it's like, well, Christy's up front. (laughs) So she gets kicked out. They like get into a little like motel situation, I think. And then Christy goes to turn herself into jail. But I guess she wasn't, I figured that she was like sentenced already and had a turn in date, but she goes, she's sitting outside the jail and she's like, I'm waiting for my attorney to talk to the judge. And I'm like, what? Huh? I guess they were pleading guilty and then she was going to turn herself in immediately to just get it over with. I don't think that's like really usually how people do it, but that's what she was going to do. And the attorney texts her and is like it's continued we don't have a new date like you're not going to jail today and she's all happy I kind of like on one hand like yeah of course you're happy of course you're happy you don't have to go to jail but I kind of would be like I just want to go and get it over with it's what 45 days she said and it's like that's just always going to be weighing over your head for the next however many months that you're going to have to do it and you've mentally prepared to do it but she Christy was happy she called Jade and I think Jade had the same thoughts as I did because Jade's like okay and Christy's like oh you're not happy for me and Jade's like I mean I I don't know and afterwards like a talking head thing Jade's like I just she's still gonna have to go (laughs) like why would I be happy like there's nothing to celebrate it's just not happening today which is exactly correct uh, Kirstie asks if they can watch Chloe the next day and Jade's like, no, I don't think so. So they're clearly not on good terms, but like, what's, what is, what does anybody in this family expect? They're all doing the same thing over and over and over again. Jade needs to like, it, there are only so many times I can watch Jade let her parents move in and then cry about how stressed she is that her parents live with her. It's like, you do this every three months, <laughs> like not even once a year, like, once a quarter she's quarterly letting her parents move in and fuck up her life and fighting with them and being upset about it it's just the cycle over and over and over again by the way i wonder how long sean's been in rehab at this point uh like i said it's good that mtv isn't there right and that we don't have a ton of updates on what is going on with him in rehab that's a good thing but i'm surprised they're not trying to give us more of like a timeline on what is going on with sean because i'm curious i have questions Okay, let's pop on over to Leah, who it's the girls, the twins first day of junior high. Allie's getting a new aide and they're excited for school. It's all very cute. There is a funny scene in which Victoria comes over and Leah's like, I'm just writing down everything that I have to do this week. And Oreo goes, 
Stop trying to pretend like you're organized. <laughs> oh, that really, I really liked that. It's like, yeah, stop, Leah, stop. We all know that you're not. So they talk about the fact that the borders are going to be opening soon and Victoria is going to be able to go to Costa Rica. Her baby Kai is turning two this year and has still never met uh, Royer, her fiance. She narrates it really weird. MTV obviously told her to do this. And she's like, well, you know, um, I wrote this down. She says, he's for me, I think it's just very important that I go for my son, you know, Kai. It's like, yeah, we Leah knows that's her nephew and we know the audience. It's just like a very weird like setup line that I guess because we haven't really heard about Victoria's baby in a while, she wanted us to he they wanted us to know about. Royer since moved here and they got married, I do believe. I do believe they got married. I'm not sh- yeah, because I saw pictures of their courthouse wedding and the judge I thought was Leah in these like shrunken down pictures that I saw. And I was like, what the fuck happened to Leah's hair? <laughs> and then I realized it was not Leah, it was a judge. So they're planning a trip to Costa Rica and Victoria's like, you have to invite Jalen. And Leah's like, I don't know. I'm just not sure. Because remember, remember Jalen, she is terrified of men. She was extremely slow with men. Um, she definitely will not be living with Jalen about four months after this scene is filmed. Less, less, less. Three months after this scene is filmed. She definitely will not be talking about marriage with him less than six months after this scene is filmed. And in about eight months, she definitely will not be pretending like they bought a house together. Or maybe possibly really did buy a house together. That's definitely not happening because Leah is guarded. She is guarded, okay? Leah does not trust men. She's scared of men. She's scared of letting anybody in. And famously, she has never let a boyfriend go fast emotionally with her. I heard what I was saying at the time, and I'm like, go fast. <laughs> like, I don't mean physically, guys. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about emotions. We know that Leo just wouldn't do that, right? Like, she just would never. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just am like, MTV, we watched all of this happen. Like, why are you trying to sell us on Leah being somebody that she's not? It actually would be way more fucking interesting to me if Leah would be like, I'm trying to take it slow because in the past I've always gone way too fast. Corey and I went from nothing to pregnant with twins to breaking up to engaged and married within like a month. Jeremy and I got pregnant with Addie like super, super quick, got married super quick. That blew up quick. Jason, we rushed into it. And even though we were together for like a year and a half or two years, We emotionally moved way too quick. I had the girls living there, but she won't because, once again, Leah refuses to acknowledge any of her wrongs, really. Like, Leah has a very specific, very specific amount of wrongs she will admit to, and that's it. Like, she she does not veer off course, and I, for one, would be really interested in hearing her talk about, like, what... If she moved too fast with Jason, how involved she had the girls in Jason li- Jason's lives. If she regrets that, what she was doing with Jeremy for the last, like, three years or whatever that the girls were involved in. But she won't do that because she's not actually doing any sort of self-reflection. <laughs> she hasn't changed in regards to relationships, and this is just what she does. I'm not sure that she realizes it's a problem. Maybe one day she'll realize it's a problem. 
I don't, I, I don't know if she ever will. Also, she's like, am I really going to invite a guy on vacation with me? And it's like, literally two seasons ago, we watched you begging Jeremy to come to Hawaii. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> we have watched you do this. This is not new. <laughs> It's like we all got amnesia and forgot everything Leah's ever done. And Leah's actually been single for the last five years and won't let a man near her. We just, we imagined everything that we saw. (laughs) So she does ask Jalen to come and he's going to come and it's going to be great. And Jalen has really tight shorts on. And he was really wearing really tight shorts in the picture they took in front of the new house. So I think that's maybe his thing. Oh, gosh, I do want Jalen to be a good person. I really do. I do want it to work out for Leah and for the girl's sake, right? Like, I don't want them to get attached to another guy that doesn't come around, like, that leaves. And it's not like Leah has had a million boyfriends. She hasn't had a million boyfriends, but the ones that she does have, she just moves very, very quickly with. And it would be super interesting if they could get her into a therapy session and she could talk about the fact that, like, just all my relationships have moved so fast. And I, even though she could even still pretend that she doesn't trust men and she could be like, I don't even trust these guys. And I still let them like emotionally move very quickly with me. But then she would have to admit that she's introducing the girls to men too quickly. And Leah will never, ever, ever, ever in her life admit that she did anything that harmed her girls. Just like with the addiction stuff, she still will not admit at all the way that she fucked up as a mother when she was using. Ugh, whatever. Leah's a liar. <laughs> we all know that. All right, let's bring it home with Ashley, who had a interesting episode in that I have always said that I think that Ashley presents very well, but she has, like, more going on behind the scenes and has a lot of, like anger behind the scenes that she doesn't like to show. And I think we saw it a little bit in this episode. So first of all, we get a scene of Ashley Barr and Holly go-karting, which you guys know I hate activities. <laughs> I hate it. It was funny when I went on, um, I went to, like my nephew came to the shore last fall and we were doing all of these activity things and I have it on my Instagram stories and people are like, messaging me like you're doing activities because we were truly like we went to the little amusement park we went mini golfing like we were doing full-blown activities that and people are like I thought you hate doing them and it's like yeah but like you do activities at the shore like that's what you do at the shore you do activities like this but in real life you don't do them (laughs) you do them on vacation so they went go-karting whatever then Ashley meets up with T to show her retail space because Ashley's opening a salon to which I say what doing what? Does Ashley have a cosmetology license? I mean, Ashley's good at makeup and hair. She does her own hair and makeup, as far as I know. And I think she always looks really good. And she's good at doing both of them. But like being good at doing your own hair and makeup is different than like running a professional salon. I wonder if she said it's with a friend. So I'm wondering if that friend is a cosmetologist and Ashley's just going to be like the business behind it. I'm confused. Remember Brie opened up that salon? What happened with that? (laughs) Where she was like doing teeth whitening. (laughs) Anytime I see teeth whitening advertised somewhere that's not the dentist, I'm like, get the fuck away from me. There's a place in the mall that does eyebrow threading and teeth whitening, and I just don't feel like they go together. (laughs) It does not feel safe to me. (laughs) 
But T likes the space. They go out to lunch. They're talking about bar. And this is when we see that Ashley is not, she doesn't want to talk. Oh, Ted is there too, her stepdad. She does not want to talk about bar because she, because she knows she's going to stay with bar. That's the thing. That's what this is, right? Like we're watching Ashley flip out and it's because she knows she's not leaving bar, but she knows she should leave bar. And so she's like telling everybody forever, like I'm leaving him, I'm leaving him, I'm leaving him. So finally everyone's like, okay, so like you really, you really leaving him? And she doesn't really want to. So instead of being like, I just, I'm. I want to be with him. She's kind of like breaking down and being upset about it. She's like, people just keep asking me about Barr. I'm so much more than Barr. Why does everybody ask me about him? I'm like, because he's your husband, babe. Because he's your husband. And when you're good with Barr, you talk about Barr nonstop, right? Like you talk about Barr nonstop when it's good with Barr. So then you can't be like, why are you all asking me about it? It's like, because you put everybody in your relationship. We're all in your business, so now you have to talk about it. I really hate when people put their business, like, all the way out there, and then they're like, well, why are you talk? why are you commenting on this? It's like, because you invited me to, hun. And Ashley invites her friends, her family, and the audience into her relationship, and then gets mad when people have questions about it. Ted is like, you need to file for separation, and he's a 100% right. California is a community property state, which means everything that they make while they're married, Barr is entitled to half of it, even if he doesn't do shit for it. So let's say Ashley opens a salon without getting separated, but they're not really together and the salon does really well, Barr will be entitled to half that salon or half of her part of the salon. She and But when you like separate, when you file for a legal separation, it like pauses the community property aspect. Like California is really serious about community property. You can't really prenup out like assets made in marriage. Like there's there's a lot. There are a lot of spousal rights in California and she needs to be playing this smarter. I think that in her head, she probably thinks Barr would never do that. And realistically, Barr probably wouldn't. I can't see Barr even, like, really going through of getting a divorce attorney, but who knows? They even say, like, you might have to pay alimony to him, which is also true, right? Like, she might have to give him alimony or child support. I mean, likely she's not going to pay him alimony, but the longer they stay together, the more likely that she'll have to pay spousal support for a period of time because she's the breadwinner. She, as far as I can tell, she fully supports Barr. And then if they split custody, she's going to have to give Barr child support, which getting separated or divorced won't change. Like, that's not going to change anything. Like, that is kind of exists outside of, like, out of marriage stuff or, like, out of separation of assets stuff. But I just, if you want to not be with him, then file for separation. You can always take it back. Like, that doesn't mean that you're not, that you can never be together again, but protect yourself And I was glad to hear her stepdad, like, fully lay that out. Like, be like, he says you need to protect your neck. Which, yes, Ashley, protect your neck because you're being stupid. Ashley makes a lot of stupid decisions when it comes to bar. And it's hard to watch because I think Ashley can do better. But she, I think the reality is, is Ashley just wants to be with bar. So we get a scene of Chris, her sister, and T at, like, a, paint by numbers wine paint night thing they're waiting for Ashley to come 
and they're talking about Bar and Ashley. And I thought they were being incredibly generous towards Ashley. Like, they were being super supportive. Ashley wasn't there yet, but they're just talking about it. And they're like, look, Ashley says she's not with Bar, but we get it. Like, Ashley loves Bar. She wants to be with him. She is been with him for a long time. She, like, doesn't want to break up her family. I get why it's so hard. They're really giving her a lot of grace. Like, we get why she's taking so long to do this. We understand that it's much more complicated than just, like, breaking up with a boyfriend. And we're really just, in my opinion, being a lot nicer than they could have. And Ashley comes in. She sits down. And Chris is like, so what's going on with you and Barb? Because obviously producers told her to ask about it because that's what's going on in Ashley's life because you're on a show about your relationship. (laughs) You're on a television show about your relationship. And if you didn't want to talk about it, you should have told producers you weren't going to film today then. Just I'm not going to film because I know that we're going to talk about this. Because why else is MTV filming you if we're not talking about the drama going on in your life? And here's the thing, like, I do feel bad for Ashley in this moment. I really do. I can't imagine being on a reality TV show, having some shit that you don't want to talk about, knowing you need to talk about it, and, like, wanting to talk about it, but also not wanting to talk about it. And I can understand how it just gets to be too much sometimes, right? Like, I've never really had issues with when the people in the show are like, I don't want to talk about this. I want to stop filming right now because it's exhausting. But it definitely is one of those things that when I'm watching Ashley yell about this or flip out about this, I'm like, well, then you shouldn't have come to film today. (laughs) You clearly are not in the headspace to do this. So Chris asks her about it and she's like, I don't want to talk about this. I I just don't want to talk about this. And she's like, when I know what I'm going to do, I'll tell you. I want to be able to privately go through this. And it's like, well, that's your issue. You can't privately go through this because you get paid a lot of money to film your life. And if you want to stop filming your life and stop getting paid money, then you can privately go through this. But until then, you're going to have to sit down at a fucking paint night drinking wine with your mom and sister and talk about this on camera. Like, it's it's just the way it goes. So she starts, like, she's like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And the producer is like, can you just expand on that a little bit? Like, on what's going on with her and Barr? And she's, like, flips out. She starts yelling. She's like, I just... Everybody only wants to talk about Bart. It's all they want to talk about. Basically being like, fuck all you guys. She gets up, still wearing the apron. She walks out. I figured they were going to, like, console her outside. But no, she walked right to her car and drove the fuck away. (laughs) Which I kind of honestly, like, respected. She's like, I can't. I'm not doing this. So I'm not going to do it. Which is probably the right move. Once you're yelling at production, it's probably the right move to just drive away. So Chris calls her a couple times. Ashley finally picks up. She's just sobbing, being like, I just, a divorce is such a big deal. She's just going through it, right? She's going through it. Maybe because I've never been married, but Ashley's acting like getting a divorce would be the biggest thing that's ever happened to anybody on planet Earth and the most serious thing to ever happen. I'm like, you and Barr have gotten together and broken up at least 22 times. At least. (laughs) Getting a little divorce doesn't mean shit for the two of you. Like, (laughs) what? It doesn't really mean anything. I don't really feel like it means that much. She's like, that would just be so serious. And it's like, I feel like the act of getting divorced is not that serious for the two of you. 
Now, actually breaking up and no longer being together for real, for real, that would be serious. But just her going to the courthouse and filing a divorce, paying paying the divorce attorney to draw up the paperwork, like, that doesn't seem like that big of a deal to me. But her and Barr not breaking up, obviously. Obviously, obviously. Oh, gosh. I want to see some Barr and Ashley fighting. It's been a while. Also, it's, like, hard to understand why like they're going through this because they're just not really showing us. I mean, it's not that hard. We've seen how bad they are together and we've seen that bar is a fuck up, but they're not really showing it this season, which is kind of interesting. And I'm kind of guessing it's because bar and Ashley aren't filming at home that much because they're together at home. Pastor T makes a good point to Chris that like, she's worried about what's going to happen to bar when Ashley isn't pushing him anymore. And yeah, I am too, but Ashley needs to take care of herself. So, Kale comes back next week. I did watch the previews for next week, and we see Kale. This is when her and V fight and, like, stop doing the podcast for a couple weeks. So, I'm looking forward to that. Really looking forward to that. But I will talk to you all again next week. I hope everybody has a lovely week. Go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Liz Explains. Sign up. Listen. And I will talk to you again soon. Bye! This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.